Psalm 6511 is our scripture for the year. Psalm 6511, it says that you crown the year 2017 with your goodness and your past drip with abundance. Don't forget that. You're not forgetting it, are you? God crowns 2017 with his goodness. I'm thankful it doesn't say with his badness. There is no bad in God. Did you know that? So, let me just say this. If you hear, I, there's been messages I've preached in my past that shouldn't be burned. But if there's any message that you ever hear that says that God does anything bad or contrary to his children, you need to disregard at least that part of it. Amen? God is a good father. And you have to filter from Genesis to Revelation with those kind of filters that... uh, Jesus is good, God is good, not just part of the time, but all the time, Amen. and that he's good to us. I, this probably wasn't my best um, imagination used for today's title. I called it The Living Dead. <laughs> just seems like every time you turn on the TV, it's zombie this and zombie, and if you like zombies, that's fine, but uh, I mean, uh, watching that stuff, I... I it gives me the creep, so I don't watch any of that. When it, when it just comes on to advertising, I'm flicking it, you know, or whatever you call it. But I don't even like seeing that stuff, you know. I mean, it's scary enough looking at myself in the mirror in the morning, so I don't want to look at that stuff. <laughs> that wasn't something to laugh at. But anyway, uh, the living dead, and you'll know why I called it this. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I've been meditating on this for a week now it says I have been crucified have been what does that mean past that's in the past is it not I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but it is Christ in me letting Christ live through you is what I want to talk to you about letting Christ live through you This is the Passion Translation. I think I gave it to you. Did I give that one to you? The Passion Translation of that same scripture says this. My old identity has been crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. Now just let that sink in. Your old sinful nature, your old bad self has been crucified with Jesus and it no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. The anointed one, Jesus, lives his life through us. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered By the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. I'm telling you that I'm getting little by little reservation. Revelation. This piece of paper represents you. 
You got it? So if I fold this piece of paper up and I put it in this and seal this, if I bury this book in a hole, dig a hole and bury it in there, the book is buried, but so is the piece of paper. If I take this and raise it up out of that hole and go to any bookshelf and seat it at the highest possible place that I could seat it, not only is the book seated, but the paper is seated as well. The Bible says that you are in Christ. You. So when Jesus was crucified, Galatians 2.20, when you got born again, you got placed in him. And so when Jesus was crucified, Paul said, I was crucified. Somebody said, well, you, you weren't even at the crucifixion. He said, in physical form, no. Spiritual form, I was. As soon as you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're placed in him. Just like that paper is placed in this Bible, it's in him. And whatever happened to this happens to you. Let me just explain one thing. God's not in time. He's not in time. So as far as he is concerned, when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he takes you back 2,000 years ago, puts you in Christ, and as the same nails nailed Jesus, they were nailing you and me. The same tomb they put Jesus in, they put you in. They put me. The same stone that was rolled away for him was rolled away for us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says, dwells in you. So when he was resurrected, so were we. But that's, it doesn't stop there. He says that we are seated in heavenly places where? In Christ Jesus. Far above all principality, all power, all might, and every dominion and everything that has been named is beneath our feet. We have to get a revelation of that. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Letting Christ live through you and me. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Now, the, in verse 16, it says to reveal his son. Most people, you read that and you'll think it's to reveal his son to me. But what does that say? Is that the right version yeah to reveal his son in me if you look that up in the Greek because some translations may even say to me but in the Greek it says he revealed his son in me why is that so important 
A lot of people can say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, or all right, they're not a, a Jesus follower. Say, I mean, even heathens say, yeah, there was a man by the name of Jesus. And you could reveal Jesus to them by getting some kind of architectural findings and proof that he existed. But this is not what Paul is talking about. He said, God revealed Jesus in him. You and I have Jesus in us, but we need to have the revelation that he is in us. He revealed Jesus in him. Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, I believe it's 17, says that when you are joined to the Lord, you are one spirit. When you get born again, your spirit and Jesus' spirit become one. And that's why when he was crucified, I was crucified. Galatians 2.20 says that I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not I that liveth, it is Christ in me. We became one with him in death, burial, and resurrection. We came, became one with him. He who knew no sin became sin, and we became righteous. So at the moment Jesus became sin, as soon as you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ and accept him receive him you become righteous you become seated in heavenly places so I was thinking about this and I said yeah I, I I've taught that I know that and you know in Ezekiel chapter 36 26 it says I'll give you this is what the new covenant is Jesus was talking about or God the father was talking about this in the old covenant he says I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. You know, in all, most of my life, when I was saved when I was seven years old, and then the majority of my life, I just struggled living for God. I struggled because I just thought, man, I wouldn't do right when I knew to do right. When I was influenced by other people, I would do what everybody else was doing. And you look at this and you think, you hear the church was telling me that, well, you just need to try harder. Discipline yourself. It didn't work. You know, there's people that uh, rededicate their life to God every single Sunday. How's that working for you? Seriously. How's that work for you that you read it? And listen, I'm not trying to put that down. I'm, I'm not putting that down. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not putting that down. But I'm saying there has to be something else to cause you and I to have victory. Besides me working harder in my flesh and trying harder. So I've come to the realization that's the problem. The problem is I'm trying to live the Christian life in my own strength and my own flesh. 
And God says, you're a dead man. It's really hard for a dead man to live a Christian life. So it's going to be a struggle. But we'll get that dead man out of that grave every day and say, come on, let's, let's do this again. So you can, yeah, it's a zombie, yeah. That's, maybe that's where somebody got it. They got a revelation of in Christ. You know, you're a bunch of dead Christians walking around, scaring all of us people living up here. But Let's just see how far we can take this. But anyway, my point is this. We have to realize and come to the conclusion that I have got to quit trying to be religious and be Christ-like. That would just pull the rug out from underneath your religious feet. I have to quit trying to be Christ-like because if you know people try to be Christ-like to imitate Jesus. God doesn't want us to be Christ-like to be imitators. He wants us to have a revelation that we have been inhabited by him. Imitation. Or inhabitation. Which one you want? A lot of us are trying to do the imitation. Jesus said, you should be doing the inhabitation. Woo. I'm inhabited by Jesus. He lives in me. This body is the temple of God. Your body is the temple of God. So how do I let Christ live through me? Because the Bible says, you know, basically... I have and you have his DNA. I have the DNA of Jesus inside of me. We become one. Colossians chapter 2 gives us a little bit of insight how to do this. So how do we let Jesus live through us? How? Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 says this. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord... All right, let's stop right there. How did you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord? It was by faith. You believe it was by faith. Did you have to really struggle with that? Did you have to work at that? Did you? No, it's not a trick question. Somebody goes, if I answer, then I'm going to look stupid. No. You just accepted it and you believed it. Did it take any effort on your part? Whose effort did it take? Jesus, did it not? It says, and now just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. What is the main subject in all of those scriptures? 
It just talks about Jesus. It talks about Christ. You were raised in Christ. You are in Christ. Don't let any philosophy, don't let anything religious teaching distract you from saying that it's going to take your effort. Whose effort is all of this talking about? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. I'm telling you, we have to get a revelation of who we are. I mean... Okay, let's just get down to where we live. You're at the mall, men, all by your lonesome self, maybe sitting in a chair while your wife or girlfriend or spouse or, or maybe just you're, they're not even married. You're sitting there by your lonely self. And some good-looking thing comes walking down the hall. And usually in the summertime... There's a lot of flesh showing. You know, if your eyeballs, I mean, you know, one guy said, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not blind. So you look at that, and so your, your flesh all of a sudden comes alive. And so... I told myself, self, you're dead. You have been crucified. I'm alive to God and I'm not alive to the flesh. And it's amazing when you have that thought process how immediately your flesh just wilts. (laughs) This is just practical pastoral teaching which we need. Now, what usually happens, or has happened in my past, you feel bad, and you go, oh, man, I shouldn't have did that show. Oh, man, I just feel horrible. I'm going to try harder next time, you know. And so the next time, oh, I'm going to try harder next time. And so the next time, oh, I'm going to try harder. Do you see the pattern? But we keep trying harder. I believe that we need to understand that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, that has defeated. That's why the Bible says you have defeated sin. But we are trying to defeat sin. When we need to look at sin as already being defeated. Why? Because I am righteous. Sin is far beneath my feet. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, all prince of power. Everything, including lust, is beneath me. It has no domination over me whatsoever. I am victorious over that. Letting Christ live through me means that I truly believe that my old nature, my old sinful self is dead and I'm righteous. I am nothing. I am wall-to-wall righteousness. Wall-to-wall. You have to know that you have been crucified. And so I thought, okay, it says that we got saved virtually by just accepting Jesus. Relying on his work, what he did. We rely on the work that he did. It's not by my works that save me. It is by the works of Jesus. I have victory over sin, not by 
my works, but by the works of Jesus. I have victory over sickness and poverty, not by my works, but by what he did. So the more that I think upon, meditate upon, and realize and have a revelation of what he did versus what Mike is doing, the more that I focus on him, the more revelation of the truth that's going to be manifested in me. We have to believe. And so that's why you should go to our website, and I, I think it's down at the bottom, all of the in him scriptures, who you are in Christ. I am seated in Christ, in him, through him, uh, in, in him, scriptures, I call them in him. There's like 130 something in the New Testament, in the epistles. And just start reading. And listen, if you don't want to do that, just start reading. Start at Romans. And just start reading Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Start reading all of those. And in your Bible, mark anywhere it says in him, through him, in Christ. And when it says that, it's not just talking about Jesus. It's talking about you and me. Now, I know some of you old timers, you says, oh, yeah, I've done that. You need to be doing that, not have done that. It'll just help you. Help you to know who you are in Christ. And the main goal is not just to know that Christ is in you. We need to learn how to let Christ live through us, out of us. There's a big difference of trying to live the Christian life and just saying, I'm not going to try to live the Christian life. It's kind of hard for a dead man to try to live the Christian life. So just memorize that scripture. Think about it. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, if you look at me, you say, well, Mike, you're alive. Yet, it's not I that liveth. It is Christ in me. I'm going to believe. Just like when I got saved, I came to the altar you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe. He, he died for me. He died for Mike Davis. I believe he died for me. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Boom. I'm saved. That's all of the effort that it took on my part. If you take that same principle, all right, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not I that liveth. It is Christ living in me. And I believe by faith He's going to live through me. He's going to live through me. And you know what? You'll be led when you don't. It doesn't even feel like you're being led. You don't have to have a burning bush experience. You don't have to have the archangel. Michael. Michael. Yes, Lord. No, you don't have to have that. Matter of fact, people want to have supernatural things like that happen. Why? When I live a supernatural life every day, because Christ is far greater than any angel than you can see, far greater than any voice than you can hear, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, who wants to live through you. How miraculous is that? But you got, we have to believe that Christ is living through me today. When I take a step, Jesus takes a step. When I take another step, Jesus is taking a step. When I work on the car, which I don't, 
Jesus is going to work on a car. Jesus will say, don't work on a mic. No, don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> Call somebody. We want to go. We want to get going. I know where my gift is, and it's not in being a mechanic. But when you do things, whatever you do, when you're fixing something, oh, Jesus, just the Bible says in all of your ways, acknowledge him. What is the purpose of doing that? It's not to be spiritual. It's not to be ooky spooky spiritual. It's not to let people know. But it would be good for all of us. Now, don't get flaky on me. I don't want anybody to go, oh, you go to that church. I don't want anybody saying that. But, you know, when, when you're not trying to be fruity, but I do this. When I'm looking for my keys, I say, okay, Holy Ghost, where are my keys? Where are they? What am I acknowledging? I believe God inside of me is going to help me find my keys. Instead of getting mad and angry because I can't. Or because one of the kids or my wife, they did. I, I did see them, but I don't remember. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. You see, you're, you won't get offended. You won't get your feelings hurt. Why? Jesus is not going to get offended inside of you. Amen? Amen. Just this past week, I, I was out of town this week, and um, I just thought about our church, and, and I just felt like there are, this is what I'll say, they're closet warriors, people who are worrying, but nobody knows it. So I'll call them a closet warrior. Not warrior, warrior. <laughs> My mom used to say the worry wart. You know what a worry wart is? That's just somebody who worries all the time. But I feel like the Lord wants you to stop it because he doesn't worry. And you are one with him. But what about my children? You are one with him. What about my finances? Yeah, Jesus, when they came, Jesus you got to pay taxes. He didn't go, oh, tax season. I didn't, oh, I didn't know. And Peter goes, yeah, they want us to pay. You and me, by the way, not just you, you and me. <laughs> what did Jesus, Jesus didn't get all tensed up and, what did he say? Okay, Peter, this is what I want you going to do. I want you to go fishing. And this is going to help me how? I want you to go fishing, catch a fish. First fish you catch, it's going to have gold coin and it. it's going to be enough to pay mine and yours taxes. You could have tried to be spiritual all your life and you wouldn't have came up with that kind of idea. <laughs> what is the point? It's not a point just of a good sermon or a good illustration. The point is that same Jesus that ministered to Peter that got his need met is the same Jesus inside you and me. All of my needs have been met. Jesus isn't going to get worried. So I don't care if it's your kids. I don't care if it's your job or the lack of a job. Your house or the lack of a house. Your car or the lack of a car. Your friends or the lack of your friends. You have Christ in you, so quit worrying. So this is what, instead of going, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't. I don't Change your mentality and know that you're, that worried guy is dead. Do you understand? 
What you're doing is putting your, like a puppet, you're putting your hand into your dead man and moving its mouth, saying, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. This is zombie land all over, man, I'm telling you. You're getting your zombie self up out of the grave and propping him up, and you're moving his mouth. I just don't know what we're going to do. And everybody's going, he's dead. What do you mean what we're going to do? Dead man can't do much. Dead man can't get drunk. Dead man can't have sex. Dead man, he's dead. He can't sin. You can go to the graveyard. There ain't nobody sinning in the graveyard. <laughs> Nobody's sinning in the graveyard. Woo! Dead men don't sin. You're dead. I said you're dead. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, it's not I that liveth, it is Christ in me. Christ is in you. He's the one doing the living. So is Christ worried? Is he really all uptight about your job or about your spouse or your relationships? Is he worried about your health? <laughs> I'm telling you, you can't worry. You should not be worrying about anything. You just ask yourself, Jesus, you know, I got this situation. Right. Are, are you worried about that? You will hear nothing in return, which means, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, the devil, his days of causing fear in your life will be over. His days of causing you to have fear and worry are going to be over. You know, I lost my 401k. If you don't know what that is, well, then you're definitely not worried about it. But anyway. <laughs> when Enron went bankrupt and the company closed down, hundreds of people lost all of their retirement. Did you think God was up in heaven going, uh-oh. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. That's what one person said. You, you'll never hear God go, uh-oh. You will never hear that come out of heaven. Uh-oh. What does that mean? Didn't see that. He knows it. He's seen it. My point is this. Know who you are in Christ. Start meditating, thinking about it. Get these scriptures out. Someone already told me, he says, Mike, this has really just set me free. When I just get all in a tizzy and worried and stuff about this, I pull these out and I start saying them. And I look up the scripture and I start thinking them and saying them out loud. That's me. That's Mike Davis. That is me. I think there's some more of these still on the back. If there's not, you can ask the ushers and I'll preach you well. Just let's do this. The only effort that it takes is you getting yourself to believe it. Because I said, God, how? I've preached this, but I've really not told people how to do it. And the reason I haven't told them how to do it is because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> how do you let Christ live through you? How? How? You know, when I teach my kids to drive, I just said, well, you know, just get in there and drive. <laughs> no parent in their right mind is going to say that and be in the car with them. 
I might say it outside with somebody else's kid. Yeah, just get in there and drive it. Let it go. Let it rip. Have fun. No, man, I'm meticulous. When I teach my kids to drive, I sit in there, I go, this is what we're going to do to the nth degree. I tell them, you know, you're turning a little sharp. You're getting a little too fast. I mean, everything, I'm telling them. It's like Mike in them, the hope of glory. <laughs> I tell them everything. They, they, they're dead men. They're just hanging on, and I'm telling them everything to do. Turn here, slow down. No, don't go yet. Did you see that? And there's a car coming that way. Did you see that? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go, well, I'll just let them learn and get T-bone. You didn't do so good, did you? No, man, I'm in there. I'm not going to let them do anything wrong. I'm not going to let them do wrong. I'm not going to let them just fend for yourself. It's a rough world. It's a doggy dog world. People drive terrible. You will find that out. <laughs> and there's policemen that will pull you over. And I know. So you teach them. Jesus said this. He says, when I leave, the Holy Ghost, he's going to come and dwell inside of you. You're going to be wall-to-wall Holy Ghost, wall-to-wall God. And the disciples, they... I mean, can you imagine? Here was the teacher for three years telling them everything, like I was instructing the driver, telling them everything. Now he's leaving. And he says, no, it's going to be better now. Say what? It's going to be better now. Because now I'm going to be with you all the time, 24-7. Because the Holy Ghost will speak of me, of Jesus. Whatever is going on, And what you need to know, he will reveal that to you. And John says that he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And not only that, he'll show you things to come. So, you know, when things like, I don't know who's worrying in here. I don't ask God, Lord, tell me who it is, and I'll just go to him. (laughs) I don't even ask that. But how do I know it? Do I have some kind of special gift because I'm a pastor? No. I have a gift to preach. I do. I have a gift to be a pastor. But I don't have any special gift that you don't have. The same Holy Ghost is in me. It's the same Holy Ghost in you. He's leading you and guiding you. And listen, you need to have faith in believing that I hear God. Not verbally. You go, I've never heard God. Yes, you do. He's inside of you. He's not out here. He's inside. And so you'll just have a knowing. There will just be a knowing. I think I'm going to do that. What do you think? What do you think, Jesus? I'm thinking about doing this. Start acknowledging him. He's going to live through you, so start acknowledging him. I'm thinking about buying that car. God, do you you think this is a good deal? You know in five years from now if that's going to give me all kinds of trouble. Right now, it's looking good. I like it. When you're doing a business deal, and single ladies and single guys, (laughs) when you're dating, you better be led. Just because people, you know, sometimes Christians are mm, dumb. 
Well, he said he was saved. He said he loved the Lord. Well, I'm just saying, you know, just because somebody has a fish nailed on their house or on their car does not mean that they're holy, holy, holy. You know what I mean? I don't mean to be bad-mouthing, but God knows. Listen, every Christian is not made for every Christian, first of all. Your personality, their personality. But the Bible wants you, after you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, the next most important decision you will ever make is who you marry. If it's the second or third or fourth or fifth time, it doesn't matter. It's who you marry. It's important. That was a joke. Anyway, (laughs) this is what you need to see. I'm in there. I am in there. I was buried with him. But I was also resurrected with him, and I'm seated with him. And now I know that he wants to live through me, out of me. Jesus wants to live through you, out of you. Then guess what? Mike doesn't have to work so hard at doing right. How many know that's called grace? That is the message of grace. I'm not going to try to live. And I know some people get really mad at me saying this. I'm not going to try to live right. (laughs) That's the sound of wind going through one ear and out the other. Oh, hallelujah. In Titus, it says this, because I have been getting more and more people saying this to me, and I appreciate it. Pastor, you know the way that you're preaching, you're going to just cause people to send more. I think people are sending pretty good without hearing any message. <laughs> and everybody said. Amen. But the Bible says this in Titus. I didn't have this down. I know it's in Titus. It says that the grace of God will teach you not to sin. I wish I wrote that down. I didn't know I was going this way. Somebody Google it. It's in Titus. The word grace in Titus. It says that the the grace will teach you not to sin. Will instruct you or something. One translation I believe says will instruct you to, to not do it. So what does that mean? So instead of telling, teaching people, don't do this, don't do that, don't, don't, don't. I mean, how many, let's just get real. When it says wet paint, don't touch when you were a kid. <laughs> Maybe not even a kid. <laughs> wet paint. Wonder if it's wet. Oh, it's wet. Why? There's just something in us that if you're told not to do it, you go, but I want to. I really, really want to. I didn't want to until you told me not to. You know why? The strength, Jesus said, the strength of sin is in the law. So (laughs) if you're trying to live by law, it causes sin to get strong. Is that it? Oh, there it is. Grace, it teaches us to say... No to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. 
Grace does that. So either you're going to try or you're going to let God in you do the trying. Which one's going to be more successful? Yeah, you didn't have to take a theology degree to know that. Grace, it teaches us to say no. Grace will teach you to say no. But you have to know that you are dead. So you let God live. Okay, God, do we want to do this? God, do I want to do that? What do you think, Jesus? You start talking to him. Start talking to him. Knowing what he wants you to do. You will know. What, what are we going to do about this di- business degree? Lord, what are we going to do about our child? What school are we going to send him to? Or are we going to homeschool? Are we going to send him to school? What, do, what, do, what do, should I do, Father? Start acknowledging him, and you will start getting things just, and listen, it won't be outwardly. There just will be a knowing on the inside. You will know. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Are you a sheep? If you're born again, you're a sheep. You, bah, you're bad, man. You are one bad dude. I mean, you are. This is the problem. It's like when I, I told the Megan about her body. I said, listen to me. You have to believe the word. You have to believe the word over your own flesh and blood, your body, what you see. What you see is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. So you have to believe when your body is making you sick, when your body's doing anything contrary to the word of God, it is strong and it will be a truth that this looks real, but you have to believe something more than what you're feeling and going through. You have to believe something more. This is more real and true than anything that you can touch or see. If you can touch it or see it, it's temporary. But the unseen, the real you, which is un, you, we can't see it, but it's in you, is eternal, and it is Christ in you. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You see me as alive. Yet, it's not I that is doing the living. It is Christ in me. You need to start, just like you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, start accepting that. I accept that. I accept that. Sickness, what are you doing trying to get on my body? What are you trying to do? Because you cannot do that. You cannot attach yourself to me. Because, first of all, it's hard for a dead man to get sick. I'm saying some funny stuff, but it's true. It's hard for a dead man to sin. It's hard for a dead man to get drunk. It's hard for a dead man to get sick. It's hard for a dead man to get poor. He's a dead man. But we are alive unto God and he's living in us. And not only does he want to live in us, he wants to live through us so that the world may know. So that the world may know. 
so that Pueblo may know. We're not just being religious in our city, but Pueblo needs to know that God died for them and he doesn't want them just to become religious and get saved. He wants to live in them and through them. Amen. Let's stand.